Are you telling yourself some terrible stories that are keeping you from creating the best wealth of your life? In this episode, we're going to give you some new tools to unlock your mindset around money. Join us. Welcome everybody to the Edgy Entrepreneur Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Daniel Tribby. And I am Coach Oriana Guevara. Good to see everyone today. Um, I wanted to have a two session recording this time. And well, we wanted to, not me. And we're gonna talk about money mindset and wealth management, okay? So a lot of us have been told certain things about money, we feel certain ways about money, and we don't really understand why. And so we're gonna start thinking about mindset around money. So a first episode, this recording is gonna be around the mindset portion of, and then our second recording, which will come out in the, in the following weeks, will be on what sort of tools or things can you do with your bank account. Yeah, some practical tips. Exactly, that can help you manage your money better. So let's dive into the mindset portion, uh, Miss Coach Oriana. Yeah, so I wanna make sure that we make the point, right, that if you, if you don't have the right mindset around money, if you haven't upgraded your wealth consciousness, you could have all the strategies, you can have all the tactics, you can have all, you, you can have the greatest people advising you on what to do with your finances you're not gonna get the best outcomes and results that you could get until you upgrade your money mindset, which means the way that you think about money and what you believe about money and the value that you place right. on money. And I think a lot of those beliefs about money come from things that we've heard as kids or things that we witnessed from our parents when we were younger. You know, some common phrases that we can talk about that come to, to mind, you know, are things like money's the root of all evil. Doesn't grow on trees. Does not. I wish it did. I'd have we can't a, afford I'd, it. I wouldn't have to record this podcast if it did. No. <laughs> <laughs> or we can't afford it's one. Um, filthy right. rich is another one that I hear a lot. Like, because I'm rich, I got to be dirty too. Like, what, yeah. is, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and there's several others. I'm sure a lot of you are thinking right now, things that you've heard as you were growing up around there. Uh, any other ones that stand out in your head, things that you've, you've been programmed to think that might be true? Yeah, I mean, for for me personally, we grew, we had really humble, you know, upbringing. And so there was a lot of can't afford it. And there's a lot of save, 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 don't spend, right? And so it's kind of like this, uh, you know, put the money under the the mattress, put it in a safe place, you know, right. like every, like money is really hard to make money. Like you have to work really hard to make it and you have to sacrifice like that sacrificial mm -hmm. energy around money and income. Yeah. We needed to really, spell that the money yeah. is hard to make, right? It's hard to be broke too, right? Yes, <laughs> it's hard to make money. Your heart. Right. <laughs> which one would you rather have? You want to work hard to make money or you want to be broke and have a hard life? Like which, which one right. is it? Right. Yeah. So in, in, you know, even things, um, you know, it's better to give than to receive is one that I always heard. You know, totally. I, I grew up with, with grandparents that were very much into their religion and into their church, which was great. It was great, you know, uh, great lessons to have, have learned at that time. But also, there's no talk about money. Like, money is, is evil if you don't use it to, to, to tithe or to help 
grow the church and those kinds of things. And I think to myself, well, if money is evil, then why are we using it to grow a church? Right? It bought the Bibles. It paid for the church. It pays the pastor pretty pretty handsome salary. So money can't be evil. Right. Or right. schools. Right. Schools. Exactly. Water filtration systems in places where they need it. Right. Any any anything that can be purchased with money. We know that money doesn't buy everything. <laughs> it's probably what are the other messages that you've heard? Right. right. Well, money doesn't buy happiness. Well. No shit. Sure as shit gets close. <laughs> it doesn't buy happiness. It's going to buy me the boat that I want, and that makes me happy. Damn it. Or just, like, for me, my my wealth consciousness has shifted significantly because I've had to do the work around it to shift it. But, you know, while I know, obviously, emotionally and intellectually, that money doesn't buy happiness, what my I am clear on what money does provide to you is opportunities, yes. right? It expands the buffet spread of options and opportunities sitting in front of you at any given moment. And do I, do you want to have more options in life? And would having more options in life bring you happiness? For me, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it in and of itself isn't a source of happiness for me, but the options and the choices, right, the, the expanded opportunities that it provides, can I find happiness in that? Yes, I can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what happens is a lot of people come from, based upon those stories or those things that we see, maybe you saw your parents fight about money. Totally, and so now yeah. you don't, a lot of people have. it's hard for you to discuss money because you don't want to have to have fights about it, right? Or you heard some of the common phraseology that we just talked about, or maybe you even heard it's better to give than to receive, right? But here's the thing, like you think about it this way, it feels really good to give somebody a gift, right? Like if I give you a gift of time or or money or you need a $20 to go do something and I give that to you, that's, it feels good for me, right? But how many of you have a hard time receiving that gift? Yeah, right. feel and guilty, it, yeah, shameful. You, you feel shameful, but why? Because and I, my question to you would be, if it feels so good to give a gift, then who are you to rob me of the same feeling when I give you a gift? Learn to receive it because when you can't receive stuff, you're just basically telling the world intentionally that you are incapable of receiving the goods that the world would bring to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's something magical about giving and and the uh, the reciprocity effect, right? The the multiplier effect that happens when you give, right? The the feeling that you get within yourself um, when you give, which again, you know, when people can't receive, they're actually blocking you, another person, from the opportunity to experience that. But there, when people can't receive, when we can't receive, because I've been on the, <laughs> I've been on that side too, um, you actually block yourself from receiving blessings and abundance. I actually did a presentation about this back in December. I think in December, you know, every, it's a time of year where everybody's thinking about giving, 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 giving. People aren't even hardly open to the conversation about receiving, right? They look at you like you're crazy when you want to elevate that conversation. Right. It's like, you know, who are all these people giving to if nobody's receiving, first off? Um, and second, like you need to understand energetically what you're doing to yourself and what you're saying to the world, to, you know, to the the universe, to God, you know, what is it that you're putting out there energetically when you associate feelings like guilt and shame around your ability to receive anything, not just money, but um, kindness, right? Love, support, help, whatever it is, you know, you're basically saying, I don't, I'm not worthy and I don't deserve it. And don't give that to me, right? right? <laughs> and then we end up coming from a place of like fear and anger and search for approval mm -hmm. in as it relates to money, right? So if you grew up, say, um, 
you despise the fact that your family didn't have a lot of money. And so any trip that you went on, you usually had to drive forever to get there and you stayed in a cheaper place and maybe it wasn't right on the beach. And so now as an, an adult, you're, you're, you're angry about that. So you you just say, fuck it. And I'm going to spend money on whatever, because it's my money and I made it. And now I've got $15,000 in credit card debt because I didn't want to live a certain way. And so you're coming from a place of anger, or even if you create the million dollars coming from that same place, you're never going to hold it because it's coming from a place of anger. So this is why people say money can't make you happy. It can't if you're making it from a place of anger or you're making it from a place of fear or you're seeking somebody's approval. Right, if right. If you're seeking that, the that approval that of your parents. I'll show them yeah. mentality. Like, you know, watch me buy this. Watch me. Watch the car I'm going to buy for myself. Watch what I'm going to drive. Like, tell me no and I'll show you, right? Like that. You you can make it, make money from that energy because you are in a place where you are like um, kind of like like energetically, you're like charging against, you know, and it's it, but it's a forceful energy, you know, and in that in that forceful energy, you can make it to a particular distance, right? Like you can make it some ways you could probably make yourself a good little, you know, bag or whatever, but it's not sustainable over time. That's the thing. It's not sustainable over time. And then when you get that bag, often what happens with people who have that mentality. You lose the bag. You lose the bag, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you end up feeling like I didn't, um, like it didn't come from the right energy space, right? It came from anger, fear, or seeking approval or avoiding disapproval. And so what happens oftentimes to these folks is that they end up uh, feeling unworthy of the money, right? Or unworthy of whatever they end up spending it on. Uh, undeserving of whatever that is, right? So one of the things that we talked about on our clubhouse talk, right? When we we kind of we we have a clubhouse talk every week where we kind of get into these topics with our audience in more depth and detail and really start to understand like what what you guys want to know um, and let you ask us ask us questions and we coach people and everything. But when we when we really started getting into it, you know, it was like yeah, there's what you see on the front end about what people are manifesting based on their money mindset. But then there's like that covert, quiet stuff happening on the back end, right? That emotional pain, that sadness, that disconnect. Yeah, the root cause of, of what you're doing. And if you, yeah. it doesn't matter if you make $10 million a day in your life, if your mindset is programmed for $75,000, then you're never, <laughs> the 10 million is not gonna make a difference for you. Well, yeah, if you're, whatever your mindset is programmed at, you're probably gonna cap yourself anyway. Yeah. Um, and what happens uh, with a lot of people, and particularly with, with men from my research, is they'll actually end up capping themselves financially based on some number associated with somebody else in their life. So let's say their dad only made a certain amount of money, um, and so or their parents together, so they'll cap themselves, and it's totally unconscious, subconscious. They, they, get, they don't want to subconsciously they don't want to like make more money than their parents did so they'll like oh. reach that that level and not surpass it subconsciously even though they could um, or a mentor or another person that was very important to them like somebody they don't want to necessarily like show up financially yeah um, that's interesting yeah that's it's interesting. fascinating I would say too I mean, since we're gonna we're on the subject of, of men versus women here let's, let's I don't think we plan to go here but let's go here yeah, this, is fun. this, this is, is fun this is fun so because what I see from uh, from a female standpoint at times mm -hmm. if I can speak on the female ladies perhaps don't yell at me women okay but a lot of times I have seen women grow up with the idea that the men control the money 
Oh, yeah. And so if you're a child who grew up in a household where you went and asked your mom for something and mom said, I don't have the money, got to go ask your dad, right? Then mm -hmm. you grow up believing that women don't have any rights or control or, or presence when it comes to money. Or can't. Right. Yeah. And so now you rely on men as a source of that. And right. that's, and, and it's not a, I don't say this to, to, to poke fun or to, or to poke the bear, so to speak, but just think about how you've been programmed. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you've heard and seen that have led you to believe something subconsciously that you don't even know is happening? Right. Right. It's not that we're sitting back saying, oh, I'm weak because I'm a female or I'm strong because I'm a male. It's how you were raised. It's what you saw, how you grew up that has shaped, you know, the way that you view money. Yeah. Yeah. It's your programming, you know. So again, going back to that that idea, right? So let's say, for example, on the outside, a person is showing up as a as a spender, right? And they're flashy, and they have the car and the watch and the shoes, right? And like they get like that sense of ego and pride from like being in that, and everybody look, right? Right. And on, but on the inside is like that loneliness and that distrust of like I don't know, who, I don't have any friends, or I don't have any genuine people around me, or I I don't attract any men or women romantically who are genuinely interested in who I am or what I have to offer because I think right their mentality is people just want me for my money, you know. But look at how they're showing up yeah. on the outside, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I'll tell you, when you have that programming, particularly the programming like what you said, I know many women in that with that programming, particularly as a, as a Latina, uh, which is my cultural background and upbringing, um, what, what manifests on the outside is often difficult to connect with what's actually running inside, mm -hmm. right? So what happens when you're running this story in your mind, and it's totally subconscious that says men control money, men know how to handle money better than women, and um, therefore, because I'm a woman, I need, right? Like we're getting into needs now, which activates your nervous system. I need something I don't have, right? Particularly when you don't have that male figure, whether that's a father, um, a, a spouse or partner, or somebody else that can support you in overseeing financial decisions. So what ends up happening, and ladies, I'm, uh, possibly there are many of you out there that can relate, is when you have to make a big financial decision and you don't have a man that you trust enough to run that by, you go into indecision. Yeah. And you go into fear and you go into scarcity in that moment yeah. because you need validation on your decision. And what we know is, is that your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. So whatever you think, feel subconsciously or consciously, inside yourself is going to show up for you in the world you live in, whether that's in your relationship with, with people, with your job, with money, all those things. If, if you have a, these, this negative programming around money internally, you're going to attract that shit externally, right? I mentioned the law of intention a few minutes ago, which the law of intention just talks about like what we put out into the universe is what we're going to get back. So for those of you who sit back and say, you know, or you've been taught to save your money for a rainy day, guess what you're going to find a shitload of in your life? Rainy, Rainy damn days, right? The car is going to break down. The hot water heater is going to break down. The kid's going to need something, you know, an emergency hospital, something like it's all going to happen to you at one time, right? And that leads us into the thought process of, okay, what is what are the two different mindsets? How do you have a wealthy mindset versus what's a broken mindset? And when I say broke, I don't mean you ain't got no money. Broke, I mean like it don't work. 
Okay. So. Yeah. Regardless of how much you have. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're in a mindset where I, that's, uh, I don't have enough, you know, in scarcity, it's, it's likely that it doesn't even really matter how much money you're making. Like you could be making 50 or you could be making twice as much. You can be making a hundred. You can be making three times as much. You're probably still going to be thinking, I don't have enough. And you're probably still going to be manifesting I don't have enough in your yeah. into your reality, right? Because you start making more money and then you start spending more and getting yourself into more debt, yeah. right? And so you literally manifest not having enough whether you're making 50k or 150k. Yeah, or you you find those defensive mechanism things inside of you like I go shopping and there's a $400 jacket and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't have a jacket that color." But it'd make my eyes look really good. You know, I got these baby blues, right? I need this jacket because it's going to make me look right, you know? And so I, I substantiate ways to say, okay, well, I, already, I I have a jacket that I could wear, but this one I really need because I don't have one like that. Right, you justify it. Right, so yes. I spend the $400 and then I go home and I feel guilty. Yeah, right? like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah, and so this this is all stuff that comes from not being able to control and not being able to have discipline around how you spend money, which we're gonna talk about in the next episode about how we're gonna spend it. But I wanna stay in that defensive mechanism, broken mindset kind of area. So what are some other things that we see from a broken mindset uh, that people do when it comes to money? 100% avoiding poverty. Trying to avoid poverty, trying to avoid going broke, trying to avoid, you know, and it's, you know, you talked about those, it comes from anger, fear, or approval, right? seeking approval or avoiding disapproval, but it's of, of trying to go about financially in your life, like any moment, the, the, the next shoe is gonna drop and I could end up fucking under a bridge, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I've had to walk people through that process and like help them see like you have, you literally have like six different parachutes <laughs> that you could pull the rope on before you end up indigent under a bridge. Like, please stop, you know? And it's a please stop telling mindset. yourself that story. Oh, totally fear-based mindset, but I think, you know, people, people, you know, it's one, one way to look at that is to be like, oh, well, I'm just risk averse. Like, no, every time you tell yourself that shit story, you are launching yourself into fight or flight survival mode in your nervous system. And from that place, you can't be resourceful. You can't make, you know, uh, the the best high quality decisions in your life. You can't manifest abundance. You know, like you are in, you're literally in terror, yeah. according to what your brain is perceiving about what you're living out. Yeah, and then because, and then people play the victim mindset as a part of that too, right? Well, if something bad's gonna happen, it's gonna happen to me. I gotta be prepared for it, you know. Or even yesterday, like I, I had a day yesterday. You and I talked about this, and I, I victim mindseted myself into having a shit day because it started off bad, and then I was like, oh, here we go. And I had another thing go wrong and another thing go wrong. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like if you put that energy out there, it's going to continue to come back to you. Yeah, and yeah. that broken totally mindset true. is very much that victim mentality. If I do this, then something bad's going to happen. And if I let my money go, then I'm not going to have it. Something bad is going to happen. But what you're, what you're doing is you're creating an intention to where now you don't take any risk. And when you don't take any risk, that's the biggest risk of all. 
Yeah, rich, the opportunity costs. Rich there. people take very calculated risks, educated risks. They put their money in places that they've studied. Let's say, for instance, you have this passion that you want to open a bakery, right? Do you, and you have zero bakery experience, it would be hella risky to say, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket and open a damn bakery. But what a smart, wealth-minded person will do is say, I'm going to go get a job at a bakery and learn everything that I need to learn about that, how it works, what the money situation's like, how do I expand it, how do I grow it, learn all those things, and then decide, okay, now I have the knowledge that I need, I'm going to go open it, right? Or so, even just like, I'm going to find the best damn baker in this city and invest in that person. Yes, yes. Right? But this is, again, we're talking about wealthy mindset versus broke mindset. You know, I just can't do it. It's not meant to be. It's not meant for me. Oh, man, that not meant to be story. It's it's taken so many dreams to the grave. It's sad. Yeah. So when we think about those mindsets, right? Like another one is like, I'll contribute when I'm making a certain amount, right? Like I'll do this when, I'll be happy when. That's one that's common. But I think one that people don't see often is like, what are those things that you're holding off on doing that one, like would bring you a lot of joy, would bring you value, would would support you in your self-care or just in like, further enjoyment of your life experience. And you're like, I'll do that when I'm making a certain amount. What is it a gym membership? Is it a personal trainer? Is it getting massages? Is it going on a vacation with your family? Like what the hell are you holding off on living your life until you get a certain amount of money? Yeah, and you have to flip that. You have to flip that mindset. So here it is. You cannot say when I have this much money, then I will become this it does not work like that it is you have to become this person yeah then you will have then you will attract these things yeah that is how it works so the people and, and even i see this uh, you know, I have some friends that are wealth advisors and they say to i've i try to introduce them to new clients and these friends these are friends of mine and they say oh well you know i don't have enough money to put in assets yet when i get enough money then i'll do it i'm like no dumbass you talk to the wealth advisor to learn what you need to do to then create the money that they can then invest and help create wealth for you that's how it works but people are stuck in this when i have i'll feel certain way and then you get to that point when and I have, something's lackluster and you don't feel that great right so you have to decide again we've talked about this multiple times who is it that i need to become so that i can have oh absolutely yeah another one is i'll open my business when i have saved right or i'll invest is another one or i'll buy a house or some other type of wealth building tool right like i'll get into that wealth building strategy tool do that thing after i've saved this much money you know, and it's like if you're if you're I'm not I'm not saying like you don't need to have some money in the bank before you do certain things and make certain major life like uh, financial decisions in life. Right. right. Like buy a house or open a business or quit your job. Right. Like I'll be the first one to say you need a you need an exit plan from your existing you know, career path. Um, and you need to have a certain amount of money in the bank so you don't get yourself into financial scarcity mentally, which is a shit place to be when you're trying to build or, or rebuild a business, right? So that's not what I'm saying. But if you're holding out on your dream until you've saved up enough, a certain amount of money that you yeah. think that you need and you haven't even consulted with a professional to say, you know how many people I've talked to? They're like, yeah, when I've saved up this much money, I want to buy a house. And I'm like, 
you only need like one third of that much money to buy a house and get get you and your family into a house. Like, what are you doing? The riskiest game you'll ever play is the one you never step into. Right. Right. Yeah. So Wayne yeah. Gretzky never always said, yeah, about. yeah. Never, Wayne Gretzky said, well, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's true. But again, calculated risk when it comes to that point. Right. And and you guys have heard me say there's 168 hours in the week. If you spend 40 to 50 of them working at your job and then say eight hours a night sleeping, hopefully you're spending at least, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day working on yourself mentally, physically, that still leaves you like 50 to 60 hours in the week. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are you Netflix and chilling? Like, what are you doing with that time? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so wealthy people, let's talk about this wealthy, this wealthy mindset. I firmly believe that wealth is not just financial. And I think you do as well. 100%. Wealth is a combination of financial health emotional health, spiritual health, uh, mental health, and a miss, and physical health. Thank you. 100%. So, yeah, yeah, I can attest to that. All five of those, right? <laughs> and you have to have those to be a wealthy individual. Yeah. Wealthy people believe life happens for them, not to them, mm -hmm. right? And so financial health is just one side of it. But like we talked about earlier, it doesn't matter how much money I have, if I have a victim mindset or if I come from a place of anger, fear, and seeking approval. Right. So what are some other wealthy mindsets that people can start thinking about and, and putting into their day thought process so they can change from having this broken mindset to this wealthy mindset? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of um, offering people potentially, you know, a, a new belief system, a new way of thinking. You know, I tell people like, you know, try it on, right? Like you would go to the store and try on a garment to see if it fits, right? Like try on this new belief system or thought process and see if it fits for you. You know, um, one that I that I believe in, that I, you know, one of my own coaches uh, taught it to me and I and I it resonated with me is money is not a tool to create uh, security or certainty. Money is a tool for creation. Yep. Period. Yeah. Right. And then Ayn Rand has one of my favorite quotes. He says, money is a tool, but it can never replace you as the driver. Yep. hundred percent. Right? You yeah. are in charge. Yep. I would offer another one. I would say um, uh, you are the cause for which money is the effect, right? So if you want more money to come into your life experience, guess what? You're the cause. What are you waiting on? Who are you looking for? No one's coming. Mm -hmm. And how many of you have this thought process that uh, the penny on the ground is too good for me to pick up or I'm too good to pick up the penny on the ground? I know people like this. They feel like it's beneath them to bend down and pick up a penny, but they pray every night for more money in their life. Hmm. But you think, well, it's only a penny. I get it, but it's an intention. Yeah, it's, it's an intention. Small. If yeah. you pick up the penny and you're like, yes, ma'am, I'm a money magnet, baby. Money comes to me free flowingly, but then you turn around and not pick that penny up, you're telling the universe that you don't want that. You don't want that money. You're not worthy of that money, right? That, you're above that money. And is that the intention you want to put out there? I don't think it is. Well, people do that in a lot of different ways, right? And I, I know, you know, you, some of you might be literally um, envisioning, right? Like you're walking down the street and you see a penny and you're like, oh, that's gross. And you step over it, right? Like, why would I pick that up? But y'all do that in so many different ways, right? When I talk, my, my uh, client niche is mostly like service experts and knowledge experts, right? Like people who are actually like your product is you. And I can't tell you how many people I work with that are undervaluing themselves, undercharging themselves, right? To their to their client base, 
who are um, feel guilty when they bill, right? Feel shameful and guilty. It's like, think about these, like these are really, really low vibration emotions to associate with billing for your services, meaning your talent, your skill, your time. Um, so experiencing low vibration emotions when they do bill, um, in addition to undercharging or and or not charging at all for certain things, like not billing, like just being like, oh, I'm just going to, it was just 30 minutes. I'm going to let that go. Oh, it was just, you know, it was some quick research. I just, I, all I did was send a couple of emails or you need to bill for that. Like that's, is that your time? Do you care about your time? Do you value your time? Are you in business to make money or is this just a hobby for you? Right. And I, I experienced the same thing. I, I have a, a doctor in South Florida and I love her to death and she's venturing into this new cash pay practice role and she has some anxiety around asking for what she's worth. Oh, well, I didn't do the full thing, so I'll water down the price. Like, And money has a relationship with your own self-worth, unfortunately. 100%. And yeah. you, know, you and I live in a world where we're not paid by the hour. We're paid by the value that we deliver. But so many people are, deliver, are, are paid by their hourly output. Right. And so for you and I, we bring loads of value to help change the way people look at their lives, look at their business, look at their relationships, all of those things. So you have to find out what your value is in the marketplace and feel good about charging that value. If you're used to making $25 an hour, good for you. But in this world, my knowledge and what I know is worth a hell of a lot more than $25. Right. And so I think people miss that concept. Right. Yeah. You're when now, I help people see like, you're giving this much value. The value that you provided helped a person go from making 5,000 a month to 15,000 a month. Do exactly. you not deserve exactly. to get paid exactly. for helping them do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, people's own perception of their own value like is just so tainted, right? And your money will only grow to the extent that you do as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Have you heard this one? I will get into a serious relationship when I'm financially free or stable <laughs> or independent. Um, <laughs> it's like it, like you got to get to the place where you understand your money stories. Yeah. And in order, the, the only way to do that is to actually do the reflection, actually do the internal work to search out what it is, like what's the script that you're running and you might find some scripts like right at the front like they're right here right this is what i believe right but like what is that thing that's like way back there and i'll tell you it's not going to show up easy um when you when like just when you're reflecting it's going to show up in your behaviors yes it's going to show up in the way that you make decisions about money you know it's that little voice that shows up that you hear right that has been programmed into your into your mind we talk a lot about programming and and what i want everybody to understand when you when you hear that little voice i want you to, to say this to it thank you for sharing you're canceled okay thank you for sharing you're canceled because you you have to be a one aware of of those programming things that keep showing up in your life. But then two, you have to start to disassociate yourself from them and start developing those, those new patterns. So again, who are you learning from? What are you listening to now? If you find out that the source of your poor money mindset is coming from friends or family, don't listen to them when they talk about money. Yeah. Stop listening to them. Find new people to listen to when you talk about money. Yeah, what's that expression? Like your 
your um, average income or the average amount of money you make is based on the average amount of money of the five, five people, people you that you the spend time the most time Just like who you are. You, you as a person are accumulation of the five people you spend the most time with. Right, because you all feed off of each other. Same thing, yeah. Same thing with money. Same thing with money. So, what if we we do our little fun episode ending question here? So, okay. for you, from a money standpoint, what was your big aha moment in your mindset transition when it came to money? Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I would say it's it's easy, right? So, so my thing is that uh, for one, like we grew up either in the in real or perceived scarcity. Right? in my family. My parents were immigrants. I'm first generation, right? Like I actually, like I experienced the the building <laughs> of a family legacy from the ground up, right? And so I'm literally the first generation to be born here uh, and to go to college. So from that like perspective and context of my background, I became hyper-independent like hyper independent, like I, at a really early age, I think I was still probably 17. And like, I was paying my own car, I was paying my own health insurance, I was paying my own car insurance, I was paying my own way through school. Like, it was like, how, how soon and how quickly can I in get independence from my parents financially, so that they didn't have the so called burden of me, right? Not that they ever referred to me like that, or told me that that's what I was or anything like that. It was just like, you know, you, you, that was my way of thinking, like, this is how I'm going to contribute and help my parents is by getting off their backs financially as much as quickly as I can. You know, so that hyper independence has stayed with me over time. And uh, as uh, in my, it has shown up in my relationships with men, it has showed up, it, it showed up in my marriage when I was married, it showed up in, uh, in my personal life, right. And so the way that I've operated uh, for a long time was like very much in my head when it came to money, not in my heart at all when it came to money. And so because I was in my head, I experienced a lot of scarcity and fear around money. And a lot of that hyper independence showed up like, um, like, oh, I'll, I'll do that myself. I don't have to hire anybody. I'll do it myself. Right. And so just like taking on an incredible amount of like workload responsibilities with the perception that I can save money because I can just do it myself, right? And then getting like getting myself into the weeds of a big ass project and realizing I need to let some money go because <laughs> I need some help. I cannot do this myself, right? Or or I don't want to do this myself. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so um, having to move myself out of that space where like my default is like I got it, I'll do it myself. That's just been my default, right? And like recognizing that's my default. I can take care of me. I don't need you. <laughs> well, it's just like, like it's, I never, like I didn't grow up even really learning how to ask for help, right? So I don't even notice when I need help until I'm in some deep shit, you know? And that's been something that I've, you know, it's, it's a growing, a growth point for me. I've had to work through it. I've had to really step back and just like do that self-examination and be like, all right, Oriana, like just because you can do it yourself doesn't mean that you should, <laughs> doesn't mean that you're, you're gonna enjoy it, right? It doesn't mean that you can't, that you don't have better things to do with that time and energy, you know? Like just like, I gotta check myself yeah. because that, that hyper-independence, it'll fucking wreck you yeah. if you don't 
if you don't be careful. Then you take on too much stuff. You take right. on too much water, and then you're barely keeping your head up. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Yeah, I, I mean it. that's that's why I've struggled with burnout in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Which is an episode up and coming. It is. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think for me in my moment um, was I I grew up with this whole thing. Like so many of us do, you know. Oh, you need to make good grades so you can go to a good college, so you can get a good job, you know, plant some roots, have a nice savings account, and all these other things. And what you don't realize is that all those people have no fucking clue how money. White they picket get. fence. Right, right. We need three dogs, two cats, seventeen babies, and then we'll foster a few kids too. Like, it, but it just doesn't. It doesn't work like that. That's not real life. That that came from people who had no idea how to make money work for them. Right. So they worked it, for it. Right. So yeah, yeah exactly. You, Same you're with working my for it. So everybody works around this idea that of working income. But what you find out is that wealthy people come from a place of working income, savings, which is cash on hand, not savings account where you 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 know get point zero 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 one two percent, right? But cash on hand, investments, and then simplifying their life. Right? They take the expenses down. What can they live without? Yes, we see people who have multi-million dollar homes, they own a boat and everything else. But for them, at one point or another, there was simplicity there. They had less so they could make more. So for me, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't just have to work for money. Money can work for me. So I take now have the, the fortune. And this is this is not me bragging or anything, but to have a, a six-figure stock portfolio makes me really happy. Because that's money that's working for me. That's investments into other businesses and other things that works for me. Investments into real estate, right? Real estate that is safer, not single family homes, but learning that, you know, hey, you can use money like your own little soldier yeah. and it can go create more <laughs> money for you. And that just blew my mind. And that was just in the last couple years that I came across this because I was always like, well, you just work, 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 make as much money as you can, save some, hope you have enough to retire. I'm like, what kind of fucking life is that? And I started to question that probably around 21, 22 years old. I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this. There, right. There's got to be Work more. Work your ass off for 40 years, to 50 retire. years I'm just like, to retire. I'm put here for abundance. It. I'm not put here to work my ass off for the man or anybody else. Like, what the hell is this? And But everybody else told me that I was crazy because I was listening to people who had a broken mindset. So I made decisions that weren't for my betterment. I didn't take that GA position in Hawaii that I should have taken. I didn't go do certain things that I could have and should have done because even though I felt it inside, I listened to everybody outside, right? So for me, start listening to people who understand where the fuck you want to go because they've been there. Because success just leaves encourage clues. You. Yeah. Right, success leaves clues. So why am I taking advice from people who make $50,000 a year and my dream is to make $5 million a month? Like, let's go. Like, I need to find those people and talk to them. So for me, my aha moment was like, you listen to the wrong people. Again, thank you for sharing, you're canceled, right? I need to listen to people who've been there, who've, who've gone to the place that I wanna go and take their advice and tune out the people who don't have a fucking clue but are regurgitating the shit that they've been programmed to regurgitate. Yeah, yeah, and they're telling you how to build your business and they've never built one exactly. you know it's it's a, like thank you so much for sharing and then move on and you can do that with empathy and compassion you know and uh, just with understanding that that's where they're at and where they're at is a different place than where you're at and where where they want to go is a different yeah, place yeah i usually come across more of go. a smart ass than empathy and <laughs> compassion but <laughs> that's just well, and me. It's like, for me I, I mean i've i've kind of i think i've gotten past the smart ass part because uh i don't want to bring my bring grief onto myself and i just don't care enough anymore to try to correct 
certain people, you know, especially within my family yeah. context. You know, my family, they can believe what they want to believe. They've also never built a business. Um, right. You know, and uh, like I said, I'm first gen and I'm trying to do, I'm trying to trailblaze some shit and do, you know, do and be the first one to do and be a lot of things, uh, not only in my lifetime, but in my family. So As you that's, should, because you can and because I can. nobody's approval yeah. to do it. Yeah, because I can and because I have the opportunity to do that. So um, when you shift your mindset and you shift your paradigm, you know, that's the whole point. You can create new and different outcomes in your life, and that's what we hope that all of our listeners will be able to do with this information. You know, there's some great books out there. I know you've read some. Um, one that I really resonate with, uh, particularly if you're a business owner, is Profit First. Yeah, Mike McCallowitz, um, great book. Yeah. Uh, what What do you have? Any recommendations? Yeah, McCallowitz is great. I mean, I think Profit First um, aligns with our next episode, which is going to be on how you actually manage that money, what you should do with the six, yes, I said it, six bank accounts that you should have, not just one or two, okay? So that'll resonate a little bit there as well. Um, for me, um, I look at T. Harv Ecker has a book that talks about millionaire mindset. And that one has a lot of really good mindset-based stuff on it nice. versus actual like where do, where do I put my money type of thing, but mindset stuff. So I would look at T. Harv Eker and his Money Mindset, Millionaire Mindset uh, book that is really helpful on, on reframing your brain around money. And then on our next episode, we're going to jump into those actionable items that you can do. So I, I hope that this has been helpful for some of you to reframe your mindset around money, start diving into some of the things that you've been taught to think that maybe just aren't true, right? It's it's okay to, to think a certain way because we don't know anything else, but start diving into why you're limited to $55,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Or why even if you're if you're making a million dollars a year, why aren't you making ten million dollars a year? If you're a business owner, start. What are the traps that you're falling into? And start getting aware and start making moves to change those things. Absolutely, yeah. Think about your money past, money present, and money future, and just journal on that. You know, and try to uncover what what's in there. What you know, what what's what kind of scripts are running in your mind? And then uh, we hope that um, as you kind of come to some revelations and some new insights, join us on Clubhouse to talk about it, uh, but also listen to our next podcast episode because we'll give you some strategies and tactics that you can use, whether you're single or coupled, uh, that can support you in uh, your wealth management, right? Because one of them is your wealth mindset and consciousness. Your wealth management is another thing, right? You need some good strategies, tactics, and uh, support. We are not financial professionals, but uh, we have Disclaimer. been through some stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Disclaimer. So I'm not going to tell you where to put your money yeah, or what to invest no, in, but I will all. tell you how to balance the, the yeah. money coming in and balance the money coming right. out. So. We'll share some resources and support for you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure that you uh, like, <laughs> download, subscribe, leave us reviews. We will read all of them and we'll respond as well. Um, and this is our new podcast, The Edgy Entrepreneur. We're so happy to be here. Thanks everyone for joining us. Do what she said, like, comment, share, subscribe, um, either on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. This uh, episode is video is is available video-wise, if I can talk. So thanks everyone for tuning in this week. We look forward to uh, the second part of this coming at you in a couple weeks. Take care, everybody. Okay.